Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of Dairy Free State, uh, where we normally have been talking about the intersection between food and health, but today we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, We're going to talk about CBD, and I'm sure there isn't anyone who's listening to this who hasn't heard something about CBD at this point because everybody's talking about it. Uh, But, you know, a lot of the conversation is about whether it's a trend and My guest today, Leah Collins, is here to tell you why it isn't a trend, why it's here to stay, and what you need to know about it. So welcome, Leah. It's so good to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I've been interested in your information on diet, and it really is fascinating how everyone has a different story and everybody reacts differently to what they're doing for it. Yeah, totally. So that's why, yeah, when you when you brought up CBD, I was like, all right, I'm always interested in getting a different angle on things, getting a unique story. So I was definitely excited to talk to you. So so tell me more about kind of your your journey with CBD, when you started taking it, why you decided to take it, you know, all that stuff. So I actually went to school to be a nurse. I'm an RN and my father's a doctor. My mom ran the lab. So we kind of grew up in this family of medicine and, you know, it was always the topic at the dinner table, but we never actually went to the doctor because it was always, you know, you'll, you'll be fine. (laughs) And the program I went to was very holistic. So I, and of course I was a pothead in high school. So I've always followed the fight of the medical marijuana. I'm in Massachusetts, which where medical marijuana and recreational are legal now, which is amazing. Um, but it has its own kind of history to it. It was made illegal in 1930s. And uh, it's just fascinating to me, the story behind how it controlled medicine, right? So long story short, the history of marijuana being made illegal was because pharmaceutical companies were ready to release pharmaceutical drugs. And so they, this was the most powerful plant that had healing properties in our body. And so they made it illegal and they also made it so that doctors and uh, medical schools would be, have their license taken away if they recommended anything that was not patented, meaning pharmaceuticals. So I've always found that fascinating. I've always kind of watched, yeah. I went to the holistic nursing program, all that stuff. And when CBD came around, when I first heard about it, I would say maybe even a little over a year ago, and I started, got right into it um, about a year ago, it was like, wait, where did CBD come from? Like, hold on, I thought we had medical marijuana. Like, what's this? And basically, because all of the money in politics and everything was put into legalizing marijuana again, which costs lots of money to have these dispensaries and the licenses and the politicians, CBD was separated out from the flower of the plant. And it's not just CBD, just to clarify, it's all about 110 different cannabinoids, including THC. Um, CBD is the most prevalent one. So they just go with that name. And that, I should pause for a second and say, none of these statements have been approved by the FDA. (laughs) Medical disclaimer. (laughs) CBD product, which is controlled by the government to have less than 3% THC in it, cannot get you high and has all of the health benefits even more concentrated than smoking marijuana. So it's this, you know, power serum oil that has the ability to have all this healing power that's kind of been ignored because pharmaceutical companies want it to be 
thought of as a trend or as snake oil, right? Because they're losing money big time on this. And medical marijuana investors also want to say, oh, but you can come get your medical marijuana. So why would you do CBD? So my whole point of this conversation and why I started taking it and testing it to see what if I take this for a year, you know, what will, what will happen to me? I started taking it about almost a year ago. I always struggle with a mild depression, which I link, I think everyone has a link between anxiety and depression. And then I also had the whole right side of my body. I have jaw, I had surgery on TMJ in high school. My hip has always given me problems. My shoulder, the whole right side is out of, out of line. And of course I always had these, you know, high hopes that I would go to a doctor and get myself put back into alignment, but you know, who has time for that? Right. So (laughs) I started doing it and I would say within, and I made a commitment to myself, I'm going to take it every day. Within three months I was chronic pain free. And I don't want to say pain free because of course, you know, our bodies are, are functioning machines. Like stuff comes up in my jaw. If I chew gum, you know, my hip will hurt if I'm walking too long, but chronic pain free. And I started to wean myself off my antidepressant and realized that one of the biggest side effects of antidepressants are that they kind of just keep you in a, like a non-emotional state, non-emotive. So you're not excited. You're not sad. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I had been for about two years in just this like whatever kind of state and I just wasn't myself. So it felt really good to get back to me again. Um, Three months in, three and a half months in, I'm like, okay, cool. I did it. They say CBD works for pain and it works for depression and sleep, which I've never had any trouble with sleep. And I did it. I did it. It's been three months and I'm like, all right, I'll keep going. And every month, I swear to you, it is something new that's not there, whether it be period cramps, um, fibroids, like just a state of mental health, um, whatever it is, it's just seems to get better and better every month. And I dove into the nutrition side of things about six months ago. Um, a friend of mine is dealing with some serious gut issues and really, I mean, I, I want you to chat with her too, because she is just dealing with some serious issues. And if you don't catch your gut microbiome, I hope I explained this correctly. If you're having symptoms of, you know, you always hear this trend of being, um, what's it called when you can't eat bread? Oh, like you have celiac? Yeah, celiac. Or gluten sensitivity. Yeah. Everyone says that's a trend too, right? But if you have symptoms of that and they don't test for that right away, then you never get, it never gets discovered. So I have two people in my life that have gone through this and it's, you know, I've seen them become skeletons like overnight and be fighting against it for the rest, you know, the last couple of years since it happened where your, your gut is the microbiome is out of whack and it's basically attacking itself. So long story short, I could go on for hours about that. I started to really dive into the nutrition side of CBD and the endocannabinoid system and see if there could be any help there. So that's kind of what I wanted to chat with you about today. Cause I know you're, you're talking to a lot of people about how they've used their diet and changing and eliminating or adding things to it to help with various things. And what I found the most fascinating about our microbiome is that it controls as strongly as our brain does, if not more so, our emotions, our immunity, our ability to process food, the the way food moves from our gut to our body. 
And the biggest thing that they're discovering about the endocannabinoid system, which is what CBD speaks to, is that that is the biggest, other than the vagus nerve, the biggest communication between our gut and our brain is through our endocannabinoid Mm. system. So it's really, really cool. And I think you were telling me your friend has SIBO, right? Or She does, yes. Yeah, I've so I I got diagnosed with SIBO at the end of last year. Um so I've been working on different like different diets to try to address that as well. So, yeah, I've I've started to kind of dive into that relationship, but there's definitely more that I need to learn about it, but it was one of those things where I I went to a specialist to start talking about my pain. Um, because to me, that was the most urgent mm-hmm. thing. And she kept directing me back to my gut. And she mm-hmm. was like, I really think, cause I got diagnosed with IBS when I was like a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. And, um, my doctor was just like, well, I think you should keep a food diary. It, you know, you definitely have IBS. <laughs> He's like, just keep a food diary and eliminate dairy first and just tell me how you feel. And within seven days, I felt better. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, so just stop eating dairy. <laughs> like, I was like, well, that's very straightforward, isn't it? You know, and he's like, problem solved. Um, but I mean, obviously, I've had like other trigger foods and things like that along the way that definitely make me feel worse. Um, and it and that was just kind of that was like the way things were a little bit more simplistic 14 years ago or whatever, when, when I first started talking to him about it. And as time's gone on, you know, I, we have learned more about gut health and yeah, how it can connect to our brain, how it can send signals that we don't even initially think of as being gut related. So now the focus has been, well, let's try to heal your gut Mm -hmm. and let's see how that does with all your other symptoms. And then, once we, you know, tackle that or at least get closer to that, then we'll explore everything else and see what makes sense to pursue from there. So that's been a really interesting uh, shift in my frame of mind, because like I was telling you before we started recording, I always viewed talking about chronic pain or health conditions and food as two separate issues when they're totally connected. Mm -hmm. And it's like I did the same thing in my body where I was like, oh, well, my gut health or my hormones and my pain, like those are all separate things, but you know, they might, yeah. you know, there's, there's probably connections between them. They're like more likely than not. So, um, so yeah, definitely interested to talk more about things like that. So you were saying that really the, the biggest benefits for CBD for you have been, you know, with mood, you know, uh, helping with replacing antidepressants and helping with chronic pain. Um, what other, what other things might people want to consider, you know, using Mm -hmm. CBD for? And I know like I've gone somewhere too, where, uh, they were, they were marketing like balms and things Mm -hmm. you could use like topical things. And I, I have to say I've used like a couple things, but not probably as regularly as I should have. And also sometimes it gets overwhelming and I'm like, I don't know. There's so many things I'm supposed to be trying right now. And my specialist did tell me to try CBD, but I'm like, what amount and for what and and exactly how much and how often and how (laughs) will I know, you know, like how long to try. So I bet other people have those same questions if I do. 
There's so many things that you just touched on that I want to answer. I tend to kind of go off okay. the tangent. So if you could just keep me focused with those questions you just asked yes. me, would be awesome. I will. But I will. <laughs> it makes sense to start with the science of the ECS system, the endocannabinoid system. But real quick, when you mentioned the dosage, I would say one of the biggest things that turns people off of trying CBD other than, oh, it's a trend or is it drugs? Will it get me high? Is there's no clear dosage, you know, suggestions, right? So you go to a doctor and they give you an antidepressant. That's the most similar situation that I can compare this to, whether it be an antidepressant or an anxiety medication. They're going to say to you, take this. I'm checking in on you in a week. We're going to adjust your dose. I'm going to check on you the next week. We're going to adjust your dose, right? Till you get the right, the sweet spot. And people that I would, my nursing program, you know, 99.8% of people do not get to that sweet spot because they, they're just like, I don't just tell me what to do. Like, I don't like the fact that I'm dealing with anxiety and depression anyway. I certainly don't like the fact that I'm on medication for it. So don't make me keep addressing it. Right. So one of the yeah. things for, that I learned in my holistic nursing program was to really encourage people to, you know, look at their health and be, you know, it's the most important thing you can have, right? You're important. You are important. So your body and its health is important. So anyway, so that's the whole thing is with CBD. And the reason why my, the company I'm with is set up with a situation where we are selling directly to customers. So we are checking in on them afterwards. We're certainly not doctors, but we do understand the science behind CBD and how it works with your body. So we are checking in with our clients and saying, not just saying, Hey, here's a bottle of CBD, have fun. We're saying, okay, this is the type. This is what will work the most with your problem that we know of right now. This is how much you should take to start. I'm going to check in on you in a week see how you're feeling, right? And then everyone also wants an instant gratification, right? They want to take their medication and be, be ready the next day or that same day. And CBD is one of those things that you it's going to take two weeks to jump in. You know, it's going to get better and better and better over time as I've demonstrated. But, you know, within two weeks, you should be feeling a really big difference. So ask somebody to take an oil under their tongue for two weeks and not forget, very unlikely that that's going to happen, Right. So that's one thing that if I can, you know, if anyone, if I can get a message out to any of you out there that are listening, if you are interested in trying CBD for your body, number one, make sure that it is a safe source. And I'll talk about that later. And number two, stick with it. It's your friend. It's going to make a huge difference in your life for the rest of your life. So it's worth the time. Um, but just to get back to the science of the endocannabinoid system. So interestingly enough, right, I touched very quickly on the history of why basically the hemp plant back in the day, even we just had the um, Juneteenth holiday and I posted something about slavery because when slavery slavery was ended, the hemp market, the hemp industry really suffered because hemp is used, was used for cotton, rope, um, anything strong materials. It was used for fuel um, and it's really hard labor to harvest. So you have your hemp plant, right? And then another cousin of that hemp plant in the same family is your cannabis plant. And your cannabis plant is too precious to use for fibrous materials and things like that. Your cannabis plant has all of these healing properties in it. It also has fibers and things like that in the stems and the stalks, but they're not as strong as the hemp plant. So the cannabis plant was known for thousands and thousands and thousands of years to be super healing it has two main focuses, CB1 receptors, which focus on your serotonin in your brain, your sleep issues, anxiety, depression, 
um, pain, because I don't know if you think when you really think about pain, a lot of that is emotional, right? So if you can decrease mm-hmm. the emotions, the reaction, and you can also decrease the pain, that's a big, you know, big connection. And then the other receptors are for inflammation. And uh, every single disease we have in our body is either caused by or showcased as inflammation. Inflammation also affects pain. So that's another pain receptor one. Now, in 1930, pharmaceuticals came around. I already touched on that. They made it illegal. They also started the um, reefer madness thing with the churches and stuff. Right. People. And they, yeah. <laughs> they renamed it. They renamed it marijuana, right? So people started to forget that cannabis was a healing plant, and but they now know that marijuana is a drug, right? So then you have Bob right. Marley and he's all, you know, spiritual and, you know, reefer brings everyone together and all that stuff. And, you know, he, he had some truth to it. Um, once the fight for medical marijuana to become legalized again, finally started to come to the surface, they discovered in the 1990, the endocannabinoid system, the ECS. We actually have this system in our body. I'm sure you remember in school, you learned about the, your neuro system, your, you know, everything, you have all these different systems. Mm-hmm. So the ECS has the most receptors throughout our body than any other system. It is in your mitochondria, which are your cancer fighting cells. There's the most receptors for the ECS in the mitochondria, right? So we're still s- discovering. Um, the company I'm with has a whole doctor panel, um, scientist panel. We have a bio lab in one of the local universities. And there are many, many, many other labs that are rushing to find out what this ECS really does, how it works. Is it safe, you know, for kids? Is it safe for, you know, all these different things and all the different reactions. So we're just kind of scratching the surface here. Now that CBD, which again, it's a combination of 110 different cannabinoids, terpenes and flavonoids is legal across all 50 States. There's money in this too. So now the studies are really picking up and pharmaceutical companies are getting involved in studying what it can do for our body and all that stuff. So it's a really exciting time to be at. So yeah. Yeah. Keep me focused. (laughs) No, I think I think you're doing a good job. Um, no, but I I did. I mean, this is a good point to stop because I've always thought that was interesting. Um, in terms of like, there's a lot of things that I have studied over the years where you know people are like, well, this isn't. There's not a lot of research on it, or you know, mm-hmm. this hasn't been researched by the FDA, or and it's like, well, yeah, but it's obvious because there's the 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 financial interest is. Mm-hmm in something else. So like, you know, it's like, I feel like sometimes people will use that as a rationale to Mm -hmm. not give something credence without thinking about, um, you know, the financial underpinnings. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not like just because something is a, is a good idea and is worth looking into and worth researching that it will get researched because there's a lot that has to do with the kind of funding different, Mm -hmm. different subjects can get. Um, so, and not to say that, you know, that's always the case. There's plenty of people peddling things that are questionable, right? Mm-hmm. But but it's but you know, yeah, there's so much there's so much we don't know yet and there's so much that's left for us to discover and you know, what we've got to go on right now is these really positive personal anecdotes mm-hmm. of you know what I mean of 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 positive effects happening, uh, when you're taking something like CBD, it's like, well, 
that deserves <laughs> attention and weight. All of these people can't be having uh, positive responses for nothing. And, you know, there is science behind it. It's just not as well-researched as other topics yet. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, t- I totally agree with you. Yeah. And it's always with a disclaimer that this has not been approved by the FDA. So in that Flexner report, um, somehow that was part of like that FDA being formatted. So they were saying you could not prescribe anything to anyone that was not patented and only pharmaceuticals can be patented, right? So a plant cannot be. Um, so it's not just CBD, it's all of the other healing plants out there. And people are starting to rediscover those as well. And even, you know, I say my age here, <laughs> I graduated in 01 from nursing school. And so we were highly, highly focused on herbal therapies, touch therapies, all that stuff. So it's really, really cool. It's coming back. It's worth celebrating that they figured out how to separate the THC out of this like healing plant. That's this amazing thing. And it's worth finding out what it can do for your body. I mean, I see, I've seen people throw away 11 bottles of pills after putting the time into CBD. Not, it's not for everyone. Not everyone needs it. Um, not everyone needs it right now and they might need it later, but it's certainly something to take a look at and learn about because it's a huge industry and it's not going anywhere, but it's important to know what you're doing. And the other thing about the hemp plant, um, is that it is considered a, oh, there's a word for it, like a vacuum plant or something, but a mop plant. So it sucks up all the toxins from the dirt in the air. So it's Mm. basically filtering everything. So there's a reason why it's really important that it comes from a certified organic source. You know, with certified organic, it takes over 10 years. They look at the water supply. They look at the, you know, the soil. They look at the air. They look at all the different things, right? Where it's located compared to a road, everything. So you, if you're taking this for your health every day, you're basically just putting toxins into your body if you're not with a, a safe format of it. Um, and also China uses it a lot to filter their soil and their air, and they would always just throw it away. But now that people are selling it in the States, they just ship pallets, 80% of the hemp comes from China. So, you know, the quick story there is just make sure you have a certified organic source. Seed to seal is what you'll hear people say. That's what the company I'm with is, meaning you control every single part of the process of creating the oil. We own the farms. The farmers are part of the company. You know, it's our own bio lab. It's being extracted. The only third party component in it are the bottles and the droppers that are being made and the third-party testing, which is done by an accredited lab. So, you know, there's certain things you can look for to find a safe product, and it's worth researching and paying the money. It's going to be $20 more for a safe product, and it's worth that money for sure. Yeah, Um, Definitely don't just be like, oh, cool, like a CBD cream. I'm just going to grab that real quick. Like, you're basically just – most of them are diluted. They aren't labeled correctly. They're full of toxins. Um, That will start to get regulated as time goes on, but right now – you're kind of dealing with the wild, wild west. So it's, it's worth being patient. And I'm always here to answer questions. I definitely want to give um, the link to the Flexner report in your. Yeah, definitely. Because that's a really cool yeah, well, thing to, to know that not just with CBD, but with everything, you know, the FDA is not the end all be all of if, if thing works and if it's safe. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. When we'll, we'll include that in the description of the podcast and also on the blog link associated with this. So you guys can um, get that information. And yeah, I wanted to say something about, about like supplements in general as well, when you were saying, you know, you can't patent a plant and, you know, that was something when I started taking, so 
after getting after getting diagnosed with SIBO, um, one of the doctors that's actually uh, in my area is one of like the only doctors who's done extensive research on SIBO. Mm-hmm. So that's been kind of lucky. <laughs> yeah. um, and she she recommends like several different courses and it's kind of like, here's, you know, a few different diets you can try. Here's a few different types of ways you can, you know, add supplements or pharmaceuticals depending mm-hmm. on what you're comfortable with or the way you want to try to go about it. And so there's like an antibiotic that um, they recommend that doesn't absorb into your bloodstream. So it sits in your gut uh, so that it kills that bad bacteria. Mm-hmm. And with my insurance, it was going to cost like $1,700. And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> I'd rather not. Um, so we actually ended up going with um, a couple different uh, supplements that she had suggested, um, including like berberine and oregano oil and things like that, uh, that are like antimicrobial mm-hmm. to, to try to take care of it that way instead. And and uh, my specialist was really insistent on, you know, we, we called up an herbalist. We talked with her about the brands that she recommends, um, the things that, you know, will actually be effective because – yeah, when you're running into that, it's like you you run the risk of not because things aren't regulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could just go to the store and pick up something for 10 bucks, but who knows where it came from? Who knows how, you know, all of the the yeah potency is different, mm-hmm. like the milligrams in each pill is different. And so it was really helpful to hear from somebody, okay, you want to go for this type of multivitamin and you want to go for, you know, mm-hmm. this type of oregano oil. Um, so it makes sense to me that it would be the same type of thing with CBD where because there isn't that regulation, so many products are not created equal. Um, and you could just end up like wasting your money. Mm-hmm. And the scary thing with these things, not just CBD, but with, you know, even like fish oils and things like that, that are coming in from overseas, some corrupt, you know, American business person is labeling it as organic US product. And it's not. And some of the stories you hear, there's this, I'll see if I can remember the name of it, but she's a reporter and she lives in the slums in India. And they have all these, you know, small children kind of working these different crazy industries like trading trash and things like that. And one of the pictures that she paints, which is will stay with me forever, is this little boy of like seven or eight years old waiting in this stench water outside of the airport that's like blue and bubbling and just obviously like super gross and dangerous. And he's scooping up the dead fish in the water with his net to send to the people that will process it for the people in America that think that this is a health, you know, the, you know, the fish oil you take for your health. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I definitely have bought that from Amazon before. Like, Oh, I cannot even, and you know, that's just, that's the world we're in right now. So the more education that we can get out there of safety in essential oils, even the diffusers that you see, the diffusers are, you know, putting these essential oils into the air that, you know, when you smell lavender, it shouldn't smell like a flower. It should smell like an earthy, you know, an earthy kind of slight scent of the lavender that we're, we were brought up to know what the smell is, right? So if it's a chemical-induced scent, it's it's not good for our lungs to be breathing that in. It's not good for our bodies to have being absorbing it, you know? So it's important. Yeah, I think we talk about it. The more people kind of can be aware of, you know, what 
where things come from and what to look for and why it's important that if it's been around for, you know, with my nursing program, it was like, well, there's no report that tells us why, you know, lavender is relaxing and echinacea is this, but the fact that multiple thousands of years, people in different parts of the world that were not in communication with each other found the same result is proof to us that that's what it does. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, um, you know, I think, I think it's part of, I don't know. Well, you brought up Amazon. Like, I think it's part of our consumer culture where we expect to get everything like in two days or less Mm -hmm. and we want it the cheapest we can get it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're just focused on deals. And I don't know about you. I feel like, I mean, this was something that I've been thinking about before. I've been stuck at home for three months, but um, that's, that's been something that I've really been trying to focus on while I'm at home. Like, okay, I don't need to spend money on that. I don't need to get that delivered in two days. I don't need to order from that store. Why don't I order like higher quality things from these small businesses that mm-hmm. need it right now? Mm-hmm. And and then it's like win, 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 right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you're, you're getting better quality products. And I mean, I'm even talking like, you know, I mean, I picked up some, you know, like dried elderberries and things. I, I made my own uh, syrup like a month ago, but Uh you know, even that or like yarn, I mean, I'm a big crafter and I'm like, Oh, I should be buying better stuff from smaller stores who could use the business. And, and while I'm stuck at home crafting, you know, and it's, it's really Uh kind of shifted the way that I've been thinking. And, you know, I feel like before that I was like, Oh yeah, I know that that's important and I'm going to do that someday. And it just kind of increased that urgency. And so I don't know if other people who are listening to this are kind of in a similar boat where you're just starting to see the boxes pile up when you're at home yeah. and you're <laughs> you're realizing, oh my God, what have I been doing? Uh, maybe it's a good time to, to think about, yeah, especially the things you put inside your body mm-hmm. um, or mm-hmm. on your body. Yeah. That's something that's been a little difficult for me to process with this, with the CBD industry is there's so many small farm. I mean, farming is not easy, right? And the fight to make this legal was not easy. And the government can come in and test your plant out of the land and cut the whole crop down if it's more than 3% THC. So there's all kinds of risks that people are taking in order to get this to us in a, in a good way. But unfortunately, supporting the small farms isn't always, if, if you're taking CBD for something really serious, like a health issue that you need the most potent CBD oil, the most effective, the most clean, pure, you're not going to be able to get that from a lot of the smaller farms because they don't have the high-end extraction machines. They don't have the bio labs that are processing everything. They're using the whole plant instead of just the flower. And that's not because they're not doing it you know, they're doing bad business. It's just because, you know, there's certain a budget that doesn't allow for that, or maybe they don't know enough about it yet. The company I'm with has been doing it since 2014 with the hemp pilot program with the local university that was put forward in order to study how to best do this, right? So they've had the time to really bring up the quality and the potency and have one seed that they use for every single field. Um, so, you know, definitely support local, definitely know what you're putting into your body. And if it's something that you're not quite getting the effects that you need from it, then look for a company that can do that higher end processing. But another thing that you fight with is that a lot of the higher end companies are all smoke and mirrors and marketing, right? So they're, you know, Mm -hmm. out articles on how it works with our body, which is not approved by the FDA. They're putting out edibles, which are not, you know, should not be taken in our body. 
something side note. So you guys know, um, edibles are easy to take, right? If you put something into your digestive system, you're only getting 6% bioavailability, which means your body can only use 6% of its benefits. And especially with CBD and cannabinoids, your digestive system breaks down a lot of that. So if you put something under your tongue, like an oil, or if you put something on topically in your skin, you're getting 32% bioavailability for that. So that's another thing. You know, if you have a choice between buying a tincture and buying a gummy that's full of sugars and, you know, all the stuff, dyes and flavors, you know, choose the the most direct hit aspect of it. Um, but again, that's all about, you know, kind of educating and figuring it all out and and learning what what you should and shouldn't be doing with your body. Um, but, you know, supporting that small business, the company I'm with, we go with the farmers that are kind of struggling because they're tobacco farmers and they've kind of lost their business. And this company goes around and teaches them with their own specific seed that they've, you know, discovered and teaches them how to grow that seed and brings them into the company and, how, you know, make sure that they're following all the guidelines of the company. So it's really fun to be part of like a small business, small farmer company while still being able to do high-end production. It's really, really cool thing to be a part yeah that's awesome um oh i had some oh you were talking about topical uh treatments and that was something that had been suggested to me as well because like every once in a while i'll get like aches just Mm -hmm. all over Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they're like this is great for aches um so is there anything else besides like if you've got kind of achy muscles or joints Mm -hmm. that you would recommend like topical solutions for? Absolutely. So basically it gets a little confusing because we all picture, you know, our blood being kind of pushed out and then brought back in and that's how everything moves through our body. But the reason why the tincture under the tongue works the fastest is because it gets into your bloodstream and gets to all of your endocannabinoid system receptors at once, right? It's like out in, out in. However, your endocannabinoid mm-hmm. system is not connected to your bloodstream. So your your receptors are all over your body. Interestingly enough, the largest amount of receptors are in your gut and in your pelvic area. So if you need a quick response to pain, inflammation, all that stuff, a topical is best because number one, it is you're getting that 32% bioavailability. It's getting right into the area that you're treating right away and it's focusing on those receptors. It'll still move throughout your body and talk to your emotions, your anxiety, your immune system, things like that. But it's going to talk specifically, for example, to your shoulder because you put it right there and you'll feel that pain relief right away. It's fantastic. If you are taking it under your tongue as a tincture, the reason why you know I always suggest that's to take it on the daily is because that's getting to all of the systems in your body and it's going to start working on your homeostasis right away. And it will talk to that shoulder, but it just will take a little bit longer. It won't be an immediate pain management, right? It'll just be something that's going to work over time to fix that problem. And what you'll feel right away with the the tincture is anxiety. So people that are having, you know, feeling that increased anxiety, the minute they put that under their tongue, they'll feel that release in most cases. Everything else just takes time. So that's my two things. If you have pain, yeah. topical, right at the area. If you have anxiety under your tongue, it'll fix it right away for most people and everything else just over time, take that oil every day and it'll start working the things out in your body. And especially I should say, now that you mentioned that actually, is if people are getting drug tested, not all drug tests are sensitive enough to 
discovered the difference between a cannabinoid and THC. Mm. Everything in the plant is cannabinoids. So if you are being drug tested, and again, always check with your company and your doctor, um, a topical does not get into your bloodstream. And also we do have an isolate that just has a CBD in it. But so a lot of people that have kids will use the isolate or they'll use a topical. I, for example, got it. mentioned before that I've never had any trouble sleeping. But of course, when COVID started, I started to have that 2.30 a.m. wake up. Like, are you kidding? People deal with this. This is awful. <laughs> so I have um, this, you know, the lavender essential oil mixed with CBD that we create next to my bed. And I actually put that in my belly button because your belly button is has some major capillaries in there. And then there's also your ECS receptors are really strong around your abdomen. And that's like, works like a charm and I'm right out again. So there's all different, you know, there's different ways that people can use it. They can play around with it. They can see what works best for them, what they like the most um, for those quick symptoms, those quick, you know, CBD, you'll hear it over and over again. CBD works for pain, inflammation, anxiety, and depression and sleep. Those are the things you're going to see right away. And then as we discover more and more and more about the ECS system, and we look at immunology, and we look at cancer fighting, and we look at all these different things. I mean, we have a product that extracts limonene, which is a terpene from the plant. And that can be found in you know most citrus fruits. It can be found in Brussels sprouts. CBD can be found in Brussels sprouts. Um, new mother's breast milk. That's the only time that um, a high amount of CBD is being created by our body is when it's put into, um, when a woman is breastfeeding, which just shows me that that's kind of like the body being like, we can't mess this up. <laughs> Got to get serious. Um, so that, and that is the limonene is a major, um, immune system booster. So, you know, we have this serum that has no CBD, no THC, just the terpene limonene and other essential oils, um, like cinnamon bark and pepper and stuff that help with the immune system. So you're going to start seeing more and more information get released as these studies continue. And it's, it's really going to be cool to see how many pharmaceutical drugs we can just get off the shelves or how many people, oh my God, the amount of people that have come up to me and said, I didn't even know I had anxiety. I Mm. believe I've been dealing with this my whole life and I didn't even know it. Yeah. So someone like you and your listeners who are diving into their health and are diving into like taking control of their health are going to be more aware of those things and are learning those things. But some people, you know, there's no one medical in their family. They've never had anything too crazy or had anyone focus on it before. So they're living a life that could be a lot easier, a lot more comfortable, a lot safer if they do get a little more aware of it. And time of COVID is certainly bringing out the, uh, the anxiety part for a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's interesting too. I mean, the, the thing that I've experienced over the last few years, just because I've had to invest more in my health, because exactly who has time for that? If I've got 15 minute appointments (laughs) where they really want to solve one little thing and they want to just like pinpoint the small area of my body and try to fix that. And if they can't fix it, then they just throw up their hands and go, I don't know. Yeah. Um, means that, you know, I've had to take on a lot of it myself. But in that, I've encountered a lot more people, especially people who are kind of um, either like ancillary or like in a kind of different field that's complementary to what you would think of of like the traditional health system. So I've had a lot of success. Um, getting, getting more answers or getting pushed in, uh, more productive directions by, uh, physical and occupational therapists, Mm -hmm. um, 
like massage therapists, acupuncturists, mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, anybody, anybody in the system who has trained in like functional medicine or integrative health, like they're, they're all the people that I've encountered who are thinking about my whole body and talking to me about my whole body and how it's never just like this isolated thing. Like we're trying to make your knee feel better or we're trying to look at your neck or what it's like, okay, so how is your system feeling overall? And what, where do you feel, you know, where do you feel stoppages Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, like where, what's holding you up right now and how can we get that flowing? And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, the more, the more we learn about all of the things that are uh, interacting and um, intertwined in our body, hopefully the focus, I mean, this is my big hope is that the focus even in more traditional settings will be on how your whole body is working and not just like the little parts that make you up. Um, So that's always exciting to hear, you know, like, yeah, this, this research is coming. It's on the way. I think that'll just continue to lend credence to the idea that we, we're just looking at bodies in the wrong way a lot of the time. Right. 100%. <laughs> and even the doctor like zoom out. Yeah. yeah, the bigger picture. Even the doctor that discovered, or the man, I should say, that discovered the uh, microbiome, basically. He didn't know that that's what he was discovering, but he did end up winning a Nobel Peace Prize for it. He, in the beginning, they started taking out sections of your intestine, thinking that if they got rid of mm. X amount of microbiomes, it would solve the problems, right? So imagine how, how much things have changed since then, and we're just still discovering and learning. And the more people can talk about it, the more people talk about their health and say, you're not the only one feeling this way, um, the more people can help themselves. It's, it's a, a not, I think a big thing too with like social media and I'll focus, you know, on the anxiety piece of it just because of the COVID stuff. But you see people posting these like uplifting quotes and these, you know, amazing kind of little sentences or pictures that just speak to you. And you're like, oh my God, like everyone just always seems pretty awesome and general. But if 90% of people are posting these things, that means that they've dealt with the same kind of anxiety that I've dealt with. So we're all kind of on the same mm-hmm. page here. The conversation needs to be a lot louder, Right. Take control of your health. Learn about what can make you feel better. I mean, we're young-ish. I'm young-ish. You know, there's a lot of life. (laughs) And if we can live it happier and healthier, and God forbid, I mean, you with the SIBO and my friend, you know, it's every day is a struggle for feeling better. And there's setbacks if you eat the wrong thing. And, you know, it's affecting your emotions. It's affecting the fact that you have to deal with this every day. You know, that's a lot. And there's so many things things that you can do to help yourself along. You're so lucky that you have that doctor in your town that can kind of guide you and more people will listen to your story that will discover what's failing them, which will be great. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it really has, I mean, I hate to say that I feel lucky that <laughs> that I've been dealing with like pain and intestinal issues because obviously it's not fun, but it has really opened up my eyes to the way that we're handling those kinds of, there's just really like not a good place for people like me in traditional health systems. I think that's really one of the biggest issues is like, because of the way that, like I was saying, the way that appointments are set up or the flow of, of, of how people get diagnosed and treated. It's like, 
a lot of people with chronic conditions end up in the ER where they don't belong Mm -hmm. because they just are out of ideas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they're like, I don't know, this is really serious and no one's listening. So maybe if I elevate it, I'll actually get someone to hear me. And and that happened to me once as well. I didn't know what else to do. No one was listening. And I was like, I think I have to go to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. Um, So it until and it does take a it, it all takes a while. It takes a while to find the right people um, who will listen to you and believe you mm-hmm. and um, help you kind of uh, interrogate your health in a way that y- you might not have thought of because it's just not the way that you know not what you grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes and it takes a while to to even sort out what's going on, right? They say it takes an average of five years if you've got a chronic condition to get a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times you'll be misdiagnosed, underdiagnosed, or undiagnosed. So, um, so, that you shouldn't even ask for help. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I definitely, I took like a year or two off, uh, seeking out help. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm tired. Yep. <laughs> and I just don't want to deal with it. Like mm-hmm. I'll just I'll just muddle along. So uh yeah, so that is that is definitely a hope of mine with this podcast and with where the blog is going, um, to keep talking about things like that. Because like you said, it is so much more common than you think. And there is so much that we haven't discovered even about ourselves in terms of you know, our emotional health Mm -hmm. alongside our physical health and Mm -hmm. how those are connected a lot of the time. So, um, so yeah, for sure. This has been really, really interesting for me as well. Um, so people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Uh, where can I link them? Um, I can send you my website. I'm the company I'm with, like I said, is just phenomenal. Um, really has opened my eyes to the whole CBD world and what it can do for people and they're above and beyond as far as research and science goes. So I am could talk for hours about this with people. And because I'm a nurse and I grew up in a medical family, you know, I, I understand a lot of the science behind stuff. Um, my website is, I can put it in the link, it's kind of long. It's CBD by C, Nantucket.GreenCompassGlobal.com. And honestly, my other business, I work in Nantucket as a yacht charter agent and just nantucketmermaids.com. It has my cell phone number. It has my email. I'm happy to put my cell phone number in the comments. I find the educational piece of this to be so very, very important. And I'm happy to chat with anyone that wants to talk about it or has any questions. All right. Awesome. Uh, anything else you want to leave us with before we wrap up? Um, let's see if I can just encourage people to take control of their health, to really give the endocannabinoid system in our body the attention it deserves and do your research on it. There's a ton of amazing Ted talks. I'll put some links in to some articles. It is worth your time to test the waters. If you have an autoimmune disease, if you have something like SIBO, if you have depression, anxiety, sleep issues, life can be better. And this is one of those, you know, natural miracles that was so amazing that it got pushed to 
being illegal because of the money, <laughs> because our health is business. So I, that's what I yeah. leave you with. It's, you know, talk to people, don't feel, if someone doesn't understand your health issues, you know, find someone that does. And yes, definitely reach out to me definitely. with questions because I'd love to answer them. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, Leah, for taking the time to talk with us today. And for everybody listening, uh, as always, stay safe, take care of each other, be good to each other, and I will talk to you next time.